frustrating. It can actually even be scary because you're kind of just driving and, and hoping that eventually you're going to get to a spot where you can pick up signal and uh, get back to civilization. But I think that that situation of kind of just driving aimlessly, not knowing where you're going, just kind of hoping that you're taking the right turns is a good metaphor for a person trying to go through life without the word of God. Um, you know, all of us are, are dropped in this thing called life where it's like, man, in many ways, we don't know uh, what, what the purpose is of it or the direction or how, or how we should be living or any of these kind of things. Uh, aside from the Bible, which is the word of God, that's a gift to us from our creator that helps us know the way we should be living and the direction that we should be moving. You know, Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Bible is like our GPS that helps us navigate through this life. And without it, we're like the lost driver, driver in the middle of nowhere. So as you might have guessed, uh, we're going to be talking about Bible study this morning. Uh, last week, I introed this series that we're calling Abundance. It's called Abundance, Disciplines of the Christian Life. And we're going to be talking about these different practices that we call spiritual disciplines that I defined in this way. I said they're grace-driven practices found in Scripture that Christians exercise diligently to put themselves in position for God to work in making them more like Christ. And that's our goal, right? Like, we want to be people that grow in godliness. We want to be more like Christ. We want to be people that are closer to God. As a matter of fact, the most distinctive marker of Christ's life was his closeness to the Father, right? Think of how in tune they were with each other. And so, as we're people that try to grow in godliness and live more like Jesus, we, we need things that we can do to put ourselves in position to have success there. And that's all the spiritual disciplines are. They aren't uh, ends in and of themselves. They're means to an end. We want to be people that grow closer to God. The same way that a GPS is not a, an end in and of itself. It's a means to an end, right? Like a, a GPS is just trying to guide you to a destination. It's a tool to help you get where you want to go. But it's not the end goal in and of itself. And this is how all the spiritual disciplines are, including reading of the Bible, which I know that if you've been around Christian circles for pretty much any period of time, you've probably heard a lot about the importance of reading the Bible and studying it and all this kind of stuff, and that's great. It's an important part of the Christian life, but it is not an end in and of itself, okay? The point of being a Christian is not that you're a person that reads your Bible every day. You want to be a person that reads your Bible every day because you want to be a person that grows closer to God. And, and the Bible is just something that's a, a blessed, beautiful tool that a gift that's been given to us to help us get to that spot. I believe that learning to study your Bible is one of the most powerful disciplines that can help us walk into the abundant life that Christ wants us to have, right? Like if you want to be a person that does walk closely with God, that knows him, that has a heart and a mind that's transformed to be more like his, uh, that you've experienced freedom from sin in your life and anxiety and that kind of stuff, this is one of the best disciplines that is going to help move you in that direction and bring you into a closer and more intimate relationship with the author of life. Um, so let's pray, and then we're just going to dive into uh, what exactly is Bible study, why is it important, and then I want this to be super practical. How do you do it? I, I, I'm going to help you leave here this morning with skills to make you a better student of the Scriptures. That's why I gave you pen and paper. You can do whatever you want with that on one side, but just make sure you leave at least one side blank because there's something I'm going to have you do with that later in the sermon. All right, let's pray. 
Um, God, I just thank you so much uh, for who you are. I thank you that you want us to be people that are close to you. And God, I thank you that you have, uh, have drawn near to us. God, I thank you that uh, the word became flesh and, and dwelt among us, God, that, that you ha- have uh, stepped into our lives. And God, we want to be people that do everything we can to draw closer to you. And so I pray that uh, you would be with us this morning, Lord, as we uh, talk about studying your word. Help us to be people, Lord, that, that really treasure it first, that have a, a hunger uh, for your word. And God, I pray that that hunger would be satisfied in our, our ability to actually learn how to study the scripture and apply it in our lives. So we love you so much. I thank you for who you are. Thank you that you're here. And we pray all this in your son's awesome name. Amen. Okay, so let's start by talking about just what exactly is Bible study. The, the definition that I would give for it is this. The practice of taking in, understanding, and reacting appropriately to God's word. When I think of Bible study, that's what it is. Take it in, understand it, and react appropriately to it. All right? This is a practice that's been absolutely essential to God's people for a very long time. You know, even before all of Scripture was written, we see within Scripture, right? Because, like, it wasn't like the whole Bible was dropped out of heaven at one time, right? Like, it's, it's a, a document, it's a collection of documents that were written by many different authors over many different, uh, like, thousands of years, okay? So, as that progression was even happening, though, you'll, you'll see how much the people even in Scripture valued what Scripture they did have at the time, okay? Let me show you some of these things. Uh, let's look at Joshua, for example. At this point, all we had was the first five books of the Bible, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Um, but this is direction that God gave to Joshua. Joshua was Moses' right-hand man. After Moses died, it was Joshua's job to lead these people into the promised land that God was going to give them. And this is the direction that God gave to Joshua. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Right? So that's God speaking to Joshua, telling you, I really, do not let this depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Treasure the, the word, which is what he had there, this book of the law, that's what it's referring to. And then we, we go on a little bit further in scripture and, and get to the Psalms. See, this is how the entire Psalter, the Psalms, there's 150 of them, it's the biggest book in the Bible. This is how it starts out. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. Does that not sound like the abundant life that Jesus said he came to give us, right? We talked about that last week. John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. What is Psalm 1 uh, talking about right here? He's saying, man, this person that chooses to, to not walk in the path of sinners, but rather to delight in God's uh, law and meditate in it day and night and walk in that, he's like a tree that's planted by a stream of water. It's blessed in all that he does. The Apostle Peter, later in the New Testament, gave these instructions. He said, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. 
I've had a newborn recently. They like milk a lot. (laughs) They long for it a lot. They're constantly asking for it. They're waking up in the middle of the night asking for it. It's, it's a, if you become a parent of a newborn, this is a powerful illustration for you to understand the kind of desire that Peter wants his readers to have for the word. There'd be people that hunger for that. Why? So that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. You see, God, uh, our, we're, we're saved as soon as we come to faith in Christ, but we're saved into a life with him where he wants to transform us. And just as that newborn baby craves that milk because that's the one thing that it needs to continue to grow and mature and develop. As Christians, we need the milk of the word to continue to grow and mature and develop into the life that God wants us to have. Finally, in the book of Acts, uh, we see these people called the Bereans. Uh, Paul had been kind of getting kicked out from town to town and these places where he's, he's preaching the gospel. He was kicked out of Thessalonica and he comes down to this place called Berea. He preaches the gospel there and we see this. Now, these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, along with a number of prominent Greek women and men. And so you see, these people at Berea, they're called noble-minded. Why? Because they're searching the scripture. As as, uh, Paul is coming and presenting the gospel to them, guess what the scripture they had was, by the way? The New Testament still wasn't written at this time. They're searching the Old Testament scriptures to see, is the gospel preached in this? And it is. And so that's why many of them are coming to faith. So all of these scriptures show us examples of people that are taking in God's word. They're working to understand it, right? That's why they're meditating on it day and night. And they're responding appropriately to it. They're walking in it. They're growing in in regard to salvation. They're coming to faith. They take it in, they understand it, and they apply it. So we, we've talked about what Bible study is. We've, we've seen how God's people throughout history have done this. But now we have to ask, why is this something that is so important? Because, uh, like I said, if you've been around Christian circles for a while, you probably have heard something about the value of this. Every Sunday we gather together and we preach God's word, right? That's a huge part of what we do. Um, but I, I just want us to, to really sit and think about why, why should we be craving this? the way that a newborn craves milk. I think that this is a vitally important practice for the man or woman that wants to grow closer to God, become more like him, and experience the abundant life that God wants us to have. And the first reason I would say that is because the scripture really helps us to know God, right? Like, could there be anything more important than us knowing God? Honestly, if you just think about that, there's so many things that we invest our time in and our energy and all this stuff in life is there anything that could be more important than us knowing God? I, I don't know that there is. You know, Jesus, in one of his final prayers we have recorded in John 17, was praying this to the Father. He said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. All right, now this know is more than just a know about. It's an, an intimate knowledge. It's a, a walking with. And it's something that's more than just sitting in your room reading your Bible. But sitting in your room reading your Bible is a great place to start if we want to know who God is and why. If we want to know God, what better source do we have than the place where he has spoken for himself? Right? I don't know if you guys have ever been misunderstood. I feel like uh, people that are famous get misunderstood all the time because there's so many different people that are speaking for them. But if you really want to know a person, what's the best thing you can do? Actually go and speak to them themselves. See how they present themselves. 
rather than getting secondhand information. Well, the scripture is where God has spoken clearly and directly to us. Look at this. 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. This is Paul writing to his disciple Timothy. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Look at how Paul speaks to these sacred writings, right, in the scripture. They don't save us, but they do lead us on the right path, right? They lead us to to the knowledge of salvation that we can have in Christ. And he says that all scripture is inspired by God. That's where I'm saying that in the scripture we go and we see God speak for himself. Do you want to know what God has to say about who he is and how we should live? Then this is where he has spoken for himself. And guys, this is a very important component of the Christian faith. And and I do say faith because honestly I think that this is one of the biggest areas that actually requires faith. Um, And there's so many different rabbit trails I could go off on this sermon. I'm going to have to try to avoid that. Um, But... If you come to believe that the scripture actually is the word of God, which it presents itself to be, and which the church historically has held it to be, then I believe that you are setting yourself on a track to have great growth in your life, right? Because, you, because if you see the scripture as the word of God, then when you read it, you're going to let it cut to your heart, you're going to let it form you, and you're going to submit yourself to what God has said. If you do not see the scripture as the word of God, but you see it as the writings of men that maybe had some really good ideas or whatever, but you don't actually see it as inspired by God as it presents itself to be, then I really think you're going to be stunted in your growth. Because anytime you come across something that challenges you, you're going to be able to cast it aside because it doesn't have any real authority in your life. So that's just to say, man, if we want to know God Let's go and see what he has actually said for himself in his word. And that's why it's such a central part of our church. That's why we preach the word faithfully here on Sundays. That's why we study it uh, right from the source on Thursday nights. And I hope that uh, just like a newborn baby needs to eat more than just on a, a Sunday and just on a Thursday, that this becomes a practice in your life that you're consistently taking in the word of God so that you can grow into mature Christians. Now, not only does the word of God help us to know him, but it also helps us to know ourselves. I don't know if you guys have ever read something or maybe heard a song, come across, maybe seen a painting or something like that where it just kind of like spoke to you on a really deep level, almost where you felt like it was explaining you, like giving words to something that was going on inside of you that you didn't know how to articulate before. But after you've come across this, it's like, wow, that, yes, like that explains exactly what I'm feeling on the inside that I couldn't really understand before. I don't know if you've had something like that, but I know that for me, Scripture has definitely had this effect on me in many different ways. You see, I'm, I'm not saying that every time you open up the Bible, uh, you're going to have some incredible experience where you have a, an epiphany about yourself or an understanding of your heart. But I do believe that if you consistently study the Scripture, it will start to reveal a lot about you. It, 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 it will teach you things about yourself that you couldn't know otherwise on your own. Look at what Hebrews 4.12 says. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit 
of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Man, the scripture will cut into our hearts and literally start to teach us things about ourselves that we might have been blind to before. And man, it's had this experience on my life. Like the Bible has shown me my sin, for example. I think it's easy for us to go through life um, just kind of thinking that we're maybe better people than we really are, right? We don't really test ourselves very much. We don't hold ourselves to a very high standard of righteousness. You say, well, I'm nicer than this guy over here, and I don't do that, that many bad things, so I'm a really great person. But as I study scripture, man, like it has exposed pride in my life like crazy. It's exposed greed in my life. I think that's something that most of us think we don't struggle with. Read the scripture. I think you'll be convicted about greed in your heart. I, it, I've had lust exposed in my life and, and the, the, the depth of what that sin is. I've had selfishness, like crazy, exposed in my life as I've read the scripture. And honestly, I think sometimes this might be one of the reasons we avoid scripture because of the way that it can cut into our hearts and show us what's going on in there sometimes in ways that we don't want to see. But, you know, it, it's not always painful. Sometimes it's actually really healing. It, it's shown me my worth as well. I, one of my favorite verses, I, I talk about it all the time. You've probably heard it from me a million times. But it's Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The reason that I speak about this verse all the time is because this is one of those ones that, that cut into my heart and helped me to understand my worth in a way that I was never able to understand it before. The Spirit, like, spoke to me through this to help me realize that I have a value to God that, that is way more than what I was giving it credit for before. And it has nothing to do with me. It was all, I was still a sinner. But it just shows me this incredible heart that God has towards sinners like me. And, you know, the, the Bible has even shown me the very desire and yearning of my own heart. All of us have hearts that are yearning for something. But honestly, I think a lot of the time we don't know what that is. Um, I know sometimes when I'm recovering from sickness, I'll be like, I'm hungry, I want food, but nothing sounds good to me. Like, I can't think of what it is that I want to eat, even though I know that I need to. And I, I honestly think a lot of us kind of have that, our, our heart is hungry in that way. Like, we know we need something, but we don't know exactly what that is. And sometimes as we dive into the scripture, like, I honestly think it, it can help point us into this is what you need. And so another one of those uh, passages that is just, had a huge impact on my life, really speaking to my heart and helping me even see what my own desire is, is Psalm 73, 25 to 26. It says this, Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Man, Psalm 73 is my favorite psalm, and this is one of the biggest reasons why. Because I feel like as I've read that, it's resonated with me to, to help me understand, like, yes, that's really true for me. Like, wh what do I desire on earth? Wh whom have I besides you? There's nothing on this earth that could possibly compare, and, and the truth of that has resonated deeply within me. And it's had a huge impact on my life. So the Bible teaches us about God, and it teaches us about ourselves. You know, the, the other reason... I want us to understand why this is important and why I wanted to start with this one first is because Bible study is important <coughs> as the foundation for all of the other disciplines that we're going to learn about this summer, right? Like, I want you guys to have abundant life in Christ. I want you to be growing closer to the Lord. But every single other discipline you learn is going to have to be uh, rooted in Scripture. 
here's what I mean by that. Take prayer, for example. Prayer is amazing. It's powerful. It's totally transformative. But our prayer has to be informed 